Welcome to Equipus Church Dunedin. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Will Levy. For more information, check out equipuschurch.com. Karen, thank you for doing sound, but could I have the monitors just down a little bit, please? I just had no other way of doing that. Just had to share it out there. Awesome. How are we doing, church? Good. Life is life, eh? Stuff is happening. God is good. And, and we're believing and trusting in Jesus. Hey, by the way, there's this book that we are giving away free, The New Hopes Times. Uh, it's been written by Wayne Abel. He's in our church up in Auckland. Uh, I personally haven't read it, but Pastor Sam has read it, and he endorses it. And so uh, uh, Wayne put it on his heart just to write this book and then give it to whoever wanted one. And so uh, there's a whole lot of books at the resource desk. And if you would like one, grab one on the way out this morning. Is that awesome? Who likes reading? Who would like this one? Because it's just taking up the pulpit. Oh, sorry. Bad throw. Bad throw. Catches when matches. All right. Father, right now, even in this moment, in this time, we just settle our hearts before you. Lord, even our minds may you bring clarity in our body, mind, and soul. Holy Spirit, come and speak to us this morning. Through all the stuff that's going on, Lord, come and speak to us. Speak to me. Speak to us as individuals. Holy Spirit, help me this morning to articulate what I believe you want to say. Lord, Holy Spirit, help us have the humility to heart of heart to be able to receive what you want to speak. And so, Lord, this morning we give you all the praise, we give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I want to just endorse and, and echo Pastor Desiree this morning, Foundations Course. Uh, man, free sales pizza. Foundations Course. I'm not sure who would sign up for what, but they go together. All right, get, it, get to it, get to it. And the Christmas Spectacular. Uh, this is our chance as a church to really get into Dunedin. Um, I, I believe God is going to open up a, a window for us yeah, that we're going to be able to have unlimited um, uh, access to the region and we're going to be able to sell it out. It's going to be a Christmas show like none other. The, the, the gospel of Jesus Christ is going to be there. And the, the, our best way that you can support Christmas is either be in the production or serve on team. But your best way right now is to advertise, advertise, and advertise. Bring, bring, and bring, and pay, pay, and pay. The Bible says if you say things three times in the Bible, it's good. And, and so this morning, I was like, if, if you can advertise, <laughs> advertise, and advertise, share like every single day on your social media feeds. I don't care. We've got to get as much promotion out there as possible. Because who knows, this is, this is the, someone said this year, the easiest form of evangelism is to like and share. Did, did you get that? So on your social media, like and share something. Along as, as to pray into it, believe into it, serve into it. But also, I, there is a cover charge in it. Uh, come on. It is what it is. We're doing it as cheap as possible to hire out the region, go in and do these big shows and believe that God's going to be blessed. And as a church, we can be a part of giving into it. Even, even I challenge you, why don't you buy a family pass for another family? I have no idea how much they cost, so I'm just 
spitting in the wind here a little bit. Um, but just be generous at this time. And let's believe that, that we can see God glorified over Christmas time. Amen? Amen. Who's excited about that? Yeah. All right. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited now as well. Um, well, good morning. Um, I just wanted to start a little bit like how Paul starts. Paul starts in most of his message, grace and peace to you all. Uh, so good morning, grace and peace to you all. It's been a little bit King James this morning, uh, purposeful. But isn't that a great, great declaration? And isn't it a great uh, uh, way to inv- uh, say hello to someone? Grace and peace to, to you all. Not anxiety and hurt. Good morning, anxiety and hurt to you all. No, good morning, grace and peace. Uh, you, you know, uh, the, I We've got to declare grace and peace. We've got to declare everything in, out of our life this morning. See, we've got the fast that's happening. Who's been enjoying the fast? Who's enjoyed the calendars and the devotions? If you didn't get to grab a calendar, I don't know if there's any left, but you can still go online and follow the fast on the web page, and it gives you an amazing devotion every single day, and you can believe and you can pray into things, and you can sign up to it still. I'm, I'm really believing for breakthrough in a number of areas in my life personally, but also as a church, and, and we're believing for things as a family as well. But, you know, the start of the fast, the one thing about the fast is that it's designed to not just touch heaven and touch God, but it's to touch ourselves to, so that we, we align ourselves with, with kingdom principles and kingdom purpose. But also, what else is it doing? It is bringing us together on a common cause. We are all, as a church right now, coming together and participating in the fast one way or another, whether you're just choosing to fast social media uh, or you're choosing to fast food or whatever you're choosing to fast, there's something that you're putting aside so then you can use that time to then pray into something. See, it's it's not the putting aside whatever you're putting aside, but it's the common purpose of bringing prayer together so that when we're praying, there's a common purpose, right? And so one of the things I pray that you're praying for is, is that Christmas is going to happen. Yeah. Well, Christmas will happen, but hopefully Christmas yeah. will happen. Yeah. Uh, in the Regent Theatre, we're going we're gonna to see God glorified. Uh, so I pray that one, that's one of the things you're praying from a church point of view. I pray that you're praying for the unsaved people in your world. See, it's bringing a common purpose together. See, we're, we're praying for everyone's participation. I'm praying for that. One way or another, that you're part of doing prayer and fasting over these last, there's two more weeks to go. So I'm praying that you'd participate in it. Do, do just do one day. One day of, of, of putting aside something and going, you know what, God, I'm going to trust in you. We're believing for breakthrough. We believe that prayer works. Who believes that prayer works? It's not just a magic wand, um, it shifts environments. Prayer engages miracles. Miracles just didn't, don't happen. Prayer engages miracles. Father, today we pray for miracles. Um, prayer engages faith. Yeah. It engages hope. Prayer is motivated by love. Yeah. Amen? Amen. Um, prayer brings direction, peace, and purpose. So we're together on a common cause. We're together as a church. We're together believing and praying for things. And so now I just want to move into Ephesians chapter 4, verse 12 to 14 in the New International Version. It says this, prior to this, it's the 
These are the gifts given to the church, the apostle, prophets, pastors, teacher, and evangelists. Verse 12, to equip his people for the work of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. There will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the, the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful schemes. Why did I bring that scripture up with what we were just talking about? See, right now, in, in, in the days that we've been in, I've just been thinking about this, over the last 18 months, it's, it's just been a hard time. people talk about decision fatigue. Yeah, I don't know about you, but who wants to make another decision? Or what should we get the kids for Christmas? Just give them money. (laughs) There's none of our kids are in the service this morning to preach and say amen. They're all next door. But like, we don't want to make another decision. Uh, people, people have been making decisions and their, and their mindset's been challenged. You know, the last 80 months, you've had to navigate, we've had to navigate, as a pastor, we've had to navigate the, whether it's right or wrong to have a lockdown. Everyone's got, a, everyone's got an opinion. Everyone's got an opinion. Isn't that beautiful? Oh, sorry. That just sounds amazing. Everyone's got an opinion. Don't worry, I've got a microphone. I'm a lot louder. And I like hearing that, it's good. But everyone's got an opinion, whether it's right or wrong. Uh, what about everyone's, everyone's had to have discussions and ideas around gender equality or gender transition or racial segregation between Black Lives Matter and uh, vaccine, anti-vax. Ah, anyone else want to blow up right now? Oh, I don't, I, I don't. And we get to the point where we just don't care. But that's not the point we're supposed to get to. We are supposed to care. How are we supposed to care, though? So this is not getting to the point where we're frazzled. It's not getting to the point where we're, 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 we're overwhelmed with stuff. It's getting to the point where we, 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 we equip ourselves until we reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. See, there's, I guarantee from that, that, that decisions are not going to stop. I guarantee that issues are not going to stop. I guarantee that society is going to throw something at us, or something at you. You're going to have a challenger around whether you think it's right to have a, a rainbow crossing in Dunedin. Who cares? But you're going to have a cross. You're going to have an opinion about it. It's going to create an argument. It's going to create a discussion. Uh, you know, there's already counselors back and forth. But life is, here's the thing is, I once heard Pastor Sam says this, outside of willful sin, the devil's biggest weapon is discord. Outside of willful sin on your life, the devil's biggest weapon is discord. He loves getting people arguing against each other. He loves it, and he loves it even more when they're Christians. And here's the thing is, 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 we have children, and they are all beautiful, and they're growing up. But guess what they do right now? They have lots of discussions. <laughs> they argue. They argue because they are 10, 12, and 14. 
There's a, there's a level of maturity that they've got to attain. There's a fullness that they need to attain. And then here's the thing is, I don't think even as adults when we, we ever really attain it. Because, right, we still argue with each other. We still challenge each other. We still have opinions, and that's right. But here's, here's the thing. When discord gets in, we, we have an issue. In, in Galatians chapter 5, verse 13 to 26 in the New International Version, many people know Galatians chapter 5 and think we're just going straight to verse 22 because that's the fruit of the Spirit. But prior to this, though, we've got to understand, we've got to read, and we've got to learn. It says, your brothers and sisters, were, were, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not, not, not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Verse 19, the acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft. The, like we can sort of go, yeah, okay. I agree with those ones. That sort of is common sense. It goes on, it says hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passion and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. Why, why, why am I talking about this this morning? Is because I believe that we've got to attain a level of maturity as Christians. We're all at a different level of maturity. And we're going to get to Romans chapter 14 in a minute. But in life, if we can learn about how we can deal with stuff in life, the, the church of God should be advancing, not, not, not at each other. And I'm not saying that we're at each other as a church, but I think we have, to, we have to disciple, we have to lead, and we have to teach to learn how we can then uh, 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 serve the world that we live in right now and serve each other. See, hatred and discord and jealousy... It was wrapped up and it was in familiar territory with a couple of, a few other harsh things in there, right? In society, that's what was going on. Paul's cheering, Paul's talking here to the church in, in Galatians. And he's saying there's a whole lot of stuff going on, but, you know, some stuff we think is, yeah, of the devil and all that. But in here, discord is wrapped up. And we can get to a point where as Christians, we, we can argue and we can ha have factions and we can challenge each other. And, and to the point, we end up having a, a certain view of that person and it isn't aligned up with brotherly love. 
And this morning is not supposed to be a heavy message. It's actually supposed to be a freeing message to go, you know what? Let's learn what the Bible says about how I'm supposed to respond. Because in any situation, and, and, and as, we, as we go into the next years of our life, all we have to do is ask ourselves the question, how am I supposed to respond? And, and, that, and then the Lord has shown us as we, we, until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God becoming mature, attaining to the whole measure and the fullness of Christ. Well, I always sort of, I'm a little bit old school. I always go back to this simple, simple, simple question is what would Jesus do? In any situation when, and I'm not perfect in this, and, and, and by all means, but in any situation, we've got to go back to what would Jesus do in the situation? You know, and then, and then Christians love using the Bible to say what they want them to say. Well, Jesus made a whip and went into the temple and he got angry and he stirred some things up. Yeah, well, make sure you're talking about what he was stirring up. He was actually just stirring up that his house should be a house of prayer. He wasn't saying that you should be getting angry and stir up a whole lot of things, right? It's gone quiet this morning. All right. So we need to read our Bibles in context and in the situation and then learn the principles through that. Totally. If we started turning this place into a place that wasn't of worship and prayer, yeah, get stirred up. But I pray that we are doing that. But, 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 you know, and there's, there, is, there is a moment to get a fervor about stuff, but not, not when it comes to butting heads with each other. Let's have a look at what Jesus would do. And I, I know that I use this a lot of the time, but we can still go through it. Philippians chapter 2 this morning. It says this, Have the attitude of Christ. Is there any encouragement for belonging to Christ? Any comfort from His love? Any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another and working together with one mind and one purpose. Seems to be a theme coming through right now. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out for only your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as some, something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being where he appeared in the human form. He humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. Therefore, God elevated him to a place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under earth. And every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. We've got to learn how to, in situations, go, you know, Lord, what would you do? What would Jesus do? Because there's so many things. I, I can tell you, through, through the gender stuff, through the tr gender transition stuff, through... through um, Black Lives Matter, through every, any topic that comes through society, there's always going to be a challenge. Through the vax, anti-vax, through the mandate, not mandating. Everyone's going to have an opinion. This morning, you're not going to get any of my opinions. You're going to get what the Bible says on how we are supposed to act together as Christians. 
Because this, this is principles that will take us further in our future, not just for the now and here, when we get this into our life. So what would Jesus do? Is there any encouragement? I'm just going to go through it again. Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Number one. I don't know how many numbers we're going to get to. But number one. Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Or are you wound up? You know, I'm not going to blame you if you're wound up. I think psychologists should be, probably be booked out for a long time right now. Because there's just so much stuff. There's so much stuff coming at you. But if we can learn to have our hearts tender and compassionate towards one another, we start seeing through the eyes of Jesus. Then this culture of make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another and working together in one mind and one purpose. It's about loving one another. So here's, here's number two then. Don't be, don't be selfish, but humble yourself. It says here, verse 3, don't be selfish, don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourself. You want to learn how to navigate through situations? Don't be selfish. Don't try and impress others. Be humble. Just We've got to learn how to be humble. It doesn't mean you, you, humility doesn't mean you have to be wrong. Yeah, humility is saying, you know what, you're allowed to have your opinion and I'm allowed to have my opinion, but I don't have to have the last word. Who likes having the last word? My wife and I, we're stuck, right? We've both got our hands up. We're the only true open relationship in the life of the church right now. Let's say that again. Who likes being right? A few more hands went up. All right. We're doing a marriage course next year. No. We all like being right. Everyone likes being right. But what does the Bible says? Don't be selfish. Because selfishness comes from, I want to have the last word. Uh, be humble, thinking of others as better than yourself. Here's, here's another one. Don't look out for your own interests, but take an interest of others too. Oh, I'm withholding myself this morning. Don't look out for just your own interests, but what about other people's interests? What about their view? See, right now as a church, I'm stuffed. As a pastor, sorry. I'm not going to win. This traffic light system, vaccinations, anti-vaccinations, passports, all that sort of stuff, I'm stuffed. I ain't going to win. Why? Because there's going to be someone who has this view, and there's going to be someone who has this view, and I'm in, and we're in, the, we're in the middle, and we're like, why don't we all just have a humble view? Why don't we all just have a view that says, hey, you know what? I'm going to look out for your interests, and I'm looking, going to look out for my interests, and I'm going to be humble at heart. As you must have the same attitude as Christ. Here's the thing with Christ, and this is amazing, and said he gave up his divine privileges. He didn't just give up his privileges. He gave up his divine privileges. It's like he's, he's the son of God. He's out of time. He, he was with the Father, and they're talking, how are we going to save earth? 
How are we going to save the people? He's like, I'm going to send my son. Okay. He gave up his divine privileges and he, and, he, and he did not cling to them. He took the humble position of a slave. He took the humble position. This morning, if you're going to navigate through any situation in life, we've all got to learn how to humble ourselves and, and learn how to take other people's viewpoints. It don't mean you have to agree with them. But it was learning how to love people through this. Instead, he gave up the, his divine privileges. He took a humble position on the slave. And was born as a human being. When he and then he appeared from when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. He knew what he had to do. He had to die on the cross. As Christians, as as we attain to become fully mature, where we need to have more of Christ in us and less of us in us. And that will help us get through any challenge, any issue that we may face. It says it goes through and it says that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Who knows that scripture? It's not a trick question. Lots of us know that scripture, right? Not everyone knows that. Oh, that the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. Anyone leading a prayer meeting always uses that scripture. Come on, God, every knee's going to bow and every tongue's going to confess that you are Lord. You know, it's like a gap filler sometimes. It's like when, when you've run out of things to pray, it's one of those things that we pray. Is it just me being honest this morning? Well, we, because we know this well. We know the scripture well. But look how it came. Look how it came. It came from Jesus humbling himself. It came from Jesus giving up his divine privileges. Jesus loving us and serving us. That's what gets us. See, humility leads you to a place of victory. Did you get that this morning? Humility actually leads you to a place of victory, but pride leads you actually to a place of death. And destruction. See, this morning, I want to encourage you so much to just humble ourselves before God. Humility says you don't have to agree, but you can love. Humility says that, you know what? It's okay if you've got that view. I've got my view, but can we still love each other as Christians? Amen. Are we doing all right? This is not like the most glamorous sermon message in the world, but I tell you, this is, will be one of the most helpfulest ones. And I know as we open up our spirit, because no one likes humility, because why humility ultimately has to go through the cross. Humility ultimately comes to a place where we are crucified on the cross ourselves. We have to pick up our own cross. And sometimes that hurts, because we all like to be right. And that comes from a place of pride. But this morning, I want to encourage you, man, when we learn how to nail our flesh to the cross, Jesus will come and move in our lives. Amen. In Romans chapter 14, there's this, there's this whole big discussion. There's this whole big discussion around, around vegetarians. All right, We're not picking on vegetarians this morning. We're not picking on people who eat certain type of foods. But there's this big discussion that you've got to, you've got to pick up. And I shared a lot of this at team night. But for the sake of... Uh, for the rest of us, I don't want to go through the whole lot, but it says, you know what, well, if, if someone has this view over here and someone has this view over here, make every effort to, 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 um, to agree together. It doesn't matter if you're right or wrong. 
For instance, let's just read it, it's better. One person believes it is right to eat anything, but another believes with a believer with a sensitive conscience will eat only vegetables. Those who feel free to eat anything must not look down on those who don't. And those who don't eat certain foods must not condemn those who do. For God has accepted them. See, there's this... That there's this discussion going on. God's accepted people. There's, there's a situation. There's a decision-making challenge going on. God's accepted those every single person. In the same way, some someone some thinking some think one day is more holier than the other day, while others think every day is alike. You should each be fully convinced that whatever day you choose is acceptable. Those who worship the Lord on a special day is honor Him. Those who eat any kind of food, do so to honor the Lord, since they give thanks to God before eating. And another again, another situation, another challenge. If it's right over here, it can be right over here. Yeah. Right. So why do you condemn other believers? Why do you look down on other believers? Remember, we all stand before the judgment seat of God, for the scriptures say, As surely I live, says the Lord, every knee will bend to me, and every tongue will declare allegiance to God. Did you hear that again? It came in again. See, here's the thing is, sometimes we just have to be more worried about our own actions because we're all going to stand before God. We're all going to have to give an account for how we've lived our life, not in a judgmental way, but in a way how God's redeemed us and and we're serving Him. But let's let's worry about ourselves and than then being social media warriors and commenting a whole lot of stuff and just creating discord amongst the church, amongst Christians. It doesn't, I, I, whatever you choose to do is your choice. If, it's, if there's sin in it, I have a responsibility as a pastor and biblically, read your Bibles in Hebrews chapter 13. We have to give an account to the Lord. If there's willful sin in your life, hey, I'll come and ask you about it. But when it comes to decision-making and discord, let's be together as a church. As Christians, let's be together. Now, I'm not saying that we don't stand up and we don't lobby our government and all that sort of stuff, but that's, that's lobbying our government. But that's the church should be able to do that together. There's so many, yeah, let's keep going. Yes, each of us will give a personal account to God, so let's stop condemning each other. Decide instead to live in such a way that you will not cause another believer to stumble and fall. I know, I'm, I, I know and am convinced on the authority of the Lord Jesus that no food in or of itself is wrong to eat. But if, someone believe it, but if someone believes it is wrong, then for that person it is wrong. And if another believer is distressed by what you eat, you are acting in love if you eat it. Did that come out right? If another believer is distressed by what you eat, you are not acting in love if you eat it. There you go. Don't let your eating ruin someone from whom Christ died. Then you will not be criticized for doing something you believe is good. So we've got to take the principle here. It's not just about food. It's about everyone learning how to make decisions. It's about everyone learning how to navigate issues in life. I guarantee you, I, I, I'm not even, it's not even a word of knowledge. There will be stuff that our government will continue to come up with because it's just the nature of the enemy. 
There's going to be more stuff, more challenges in society that are going to come, and we're going to have to learn how to navigate it, but we navigate it together as Christians, not at each other as Christians. Amen? If you serve Christ with this attitude, you will bless God, and others will approve of you too. So then let us aim for harmony in the church and try to build each other up. Don't tear apart the work of God over what you eat. Remember, all foods are acceptable, but it is wrong to eat something if it makes another person stumble. It is better not to eat that meat or drink wine or do anything else if it might cause another believer to stumble. You may believe there's something wrong with what you are doing, but keep it between you may believe there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with what you are doing, but keep it between yourself and God. Blessed are those who don't feel guilty for doing something they have decided is right. See, we've got a line. Here's the thing. It doesn't give us, we don't get a free reign on our life. We still align our life to the Bible. But when there's issues and there's challenges coming up, there's going to be times where people have one opinion. There's going to be another opinion over here. But how are you going to dis- how are you going to respond as Christians? The worst thing that we can do is bring discord into the church. If the um, music team can jump up, that'd be great. See, this this message this morning is really to bring us to a place of grace and peace. Grace and peace be with you. Oh, but I just got off a social media rant or, a, or a, a, a thread that went back and forth. It's unbelievable, the threads that you read sometimes. You, you go on Dunedin News and someone's whinging about something. Someone's moaning about this. And then you see different opinions and different views. What's, what's happening there? It's discord. The devil's getting discord. The devil's like creating a place where, you know what? If I can just get them at each other, if I can create a competition, if I can create sides, because that's exactly the heart of the devil. He had pride in his life. He did not choose to humble himself. And he went after the Lord. And he got kicked out of heaven. And now he's trying, his next weapon is to try and create discord between Christians. If you've got your view, I, I affirm your view. But in maturity, fullness of maturity, says you should be able to affirm my view as well. And we can learn to walk together in peace and harmony, says he. That's why Paul always writes in his message, grace and peace be to you all. Grace and peace be to you. So is there your key this morning? Your key if you're feeling a little bit overwhelmed, if you're feeling a little bit tired, if you're feeling a bit like stretched. Your key is actually humility. Because as it says back here is that, in, in Galatians it says 
those who belong to Christ have crucified their flesh with its passion and desires on the cross. We just got to learn how to work together. We got to learn how to have humility like Jesus had. And we'll be able to navigate as a church through any situation, any challenge that comes up. Just in your seat right now this morning, if you feel comfortable, why don't you just close your eyes? Sometimes we get people to stand. Just humility. Lord, I'm sorry that I've got to be right. Lord, I'm going to put other people before me. It doesn't mean we don't have to agree with them, but we can love and we can serve them. Lord, I nail my viewpoints and my opinions to the cross. And Lord, let, let humility reign. Let the church of Jesus Christ display God's love. Not, not arguments. Not segregation. Father, I just pray in this moment that peace would reign. That grace and peace abound to everyone. Lord, we're allowed to be right. We're allowed to have our views. But Lord, help us learn to keep them to ourselves for the sake of others. Help us learn how to be humble. Help us learn, Lord, how to navigate situations. See, in Galatians, all that stuff, all those challenges does get wrapped up by verse 22. It says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Father, I pray right now for the fruit of the Spirit, for your Holy Spirit to minister. And in that, Lord, we can... We'll find our rest in you and find our peace in you. We can find that patience. We can find that self-control. We can find, Lord, all the things that you've been talking about. And Lord, would love, joy, and peace reign over our community. Lord, that what the devil would be trying to pull apart and and destroy, Lord, that you would bring us together even more. And I thank you, Lord, that you brought us together on the cross. When you died and you took our sin and you rose again on the third day, you, you defeated the grave and you took, you brought us together on the cross. And Lord, this morning as we just sit here and in your grace and in your peace, I pray, Lord, that you would bless 
every single person. Lord, that anxiety would go out the, out the door. Lord, nail it onto the cross. Say, Lord, hurt, pain. May we sit here in humility this morning. See, in, this, in these scriptures this morning, it, it talked about looking down on one another. We don't, we don't get the right to look down on people. The only person who has the right to look down on people is Jesus. Because we bow our knee and we're looking up at Him. And He gets to look down on us. But He only gets to look down on us because of the humility that He showed. See, it's a kingdom principle that humility goes through eternity. And I pray that as we navigate stuff and that we'd be navigating questions, navigating challenges by the Spirit of God with love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, self-control to help have a conversation, to help lead people to a place of freedom. And ultimately in the end, it's got to be their choice, not ours. But if we can be right with ourselves and right in, in the Spirit of God, I believe that God can use us as a church. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message recorded live at Equipus Church, Dunedin. We pray that it blessed you. For more information, please check out equipuschurch.com.